He's a career corrections officer. Between the death of his mother, who is a corrections officer, and the death by suicide of a person in his custody, he went into a very dark space. He found his solution in helping others, in particular, dressing up as a superhero. And he's coming up in a few moments to tell you all about it. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. When you have a chance, check out our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. When you get there, click like and follow. That's click, like, and follow Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. Calling us from California, we have Yuri Williams on the phone. Yuri is a corrections officer and a superhero. I'll let him explain that in a moment. Yuri, first, thanks for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you uh, reaching out for getting me on the show. I met Yuri in the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app uh, quite a while ago. When I heard his story, I was like, man, we got to get him on a Law Enforcement Today show. When people do extraordinary things... People need to hear what they do. And quite honestly, a big part of the reason why I do this show is because it shatters stereotypes that Hollywood loves to perpetuate about law enforcement officers. By the way, if you are on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app, look for me, John, the middle initial J, Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, or search for the at L-E-T radio show. Yuri, we met a while ago, and I'm just going to put it out there. When you mentioned dressing up like a superhero, my first thought was, okay, this guy's like those goofballs in New York City. You know the ones I'm talking about? Hey, take yeah. a picture with Batman and for a dollar. That's what I thought. Like, But that's not the case of what you do at all. What is it you're doing? Well, um, I'm actually dressing up as superheroes and trying to use that as a distraction when I visit these uh, hospitals or you know uh, veterans or um, houseless people in my community and around the uh, 50 states. Do you dress up like Batman, Superman? Uh, Like uh, I have a Deadpool costume, uh, Spider-Man, Mandalorian, Stormtrooper. I got about 10 different costumes to to change up into. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of this, I'm sure you don't tell the ladies, by the way, I have a closet full of superhero costumes. (laughs) I don't think it'd be a big hit. I'm not a ladies' man. I don't know, but I don't think that'd go over really well. <laughs> I don't know, Jay. I don't know what to say, man. <laughs> yeah. One of the things you do, and I'm gonna just, we're going to talk about the details in a moment, but I'm going to encapsulate. Very, when you talk about kids who are sick, who have serious illnesses, they're in the hospital, they've been there for a long period of time, you'll dress up like a superhero and go visit them to try to distract them from their current situation. Is that correct? Yes, that's absolutely correct. And, you know, I use this um, as a distraction for myself. You know, it's therapeutic for me, 
because of the reason why I do it be because of my mother's passing. But when I enter these hospitals, you know, these kids are taking different medications every day and they're down every day because they can't get visits, especially during uh, the pandemic. So, you know, once I get in there, my five, 10, 15, 30 minute interaction with you is nothing but to bring pure joy to you. I don't want you to be in pain or, you know, frowning up. I want you to smile when I enter that room and 90 percent of the time that's what occurs you know i'm one who thinks that working in the law enforcement field is a very powerful very noble vocation it's a very important calling in life because it's about serving people but this is equally as admirable and as noble going out there and just spending look if it's two hours of your day to help someone else that's some powerful medicine not only for them but for you as well right right i mean just bringing joy to people that that keeps me going every day you know like if if i'm in pain from my back hurting or whatever as long as i can get a smile out of somebody out on the street or you know just a hello a a smile a thank you that 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 just makes my day and makes me you know continue to do what i do and that's to service people like you stated and you've been working in corrections for how long 21 years now so you're not a rookie yeah, and you're probably uh, bordering on that salty veteran. It's like, ah, oh, another day. I got to do this. There's some good, there's some bad, and there's a lot of in between that goes with that job. And I'm sure, let's start with some of the good. Not everything in corrections. And by the way, my hat's off to, to men and women who work corrections. I could never do that. It's a special person that develops the skill sets to be able to do that. The noise alone in those institutions would drive me out of my mind i really couldn't take it so you've had a lot of mixed experiences in 20 plus years correct yes oh yes a lot of a lot of uh mixed ones and you know i started with actually the way i got into this field was i followed my mother's footsteps and you know i think i was probably six to eight years old at the time i would go to work with her on the weekend because she didn't have anybody to babysit me and at that time you could bring kids in or whatever so I Wait a second. There. This is almost as explosive as a superhero costumes or closet. You got to go to prison for weekends, bring the kid to yeah. prison day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was that. I was that kid there. You know, during this time, it's funny though because that's when I learned about uh, Mister Rogers and GI Joe and all that stuff. Because the parents would come in and bring toys for these kids. You know, and you know they tell you before you get there, you can't give the kids toys. You know, and these parents and these parents were bringing these toys every day. So I got to, you know, take these toys home because the parents didn't follow directions. But at the same time, I got to sit there and watch my mother at work and everything she did, you know, go talk to these kids. And, you know, she was only five, three at the five, four at the at the tallest. And I mean, I saw her talk to this kid. I will never forget a Samoan kid. He was six, four, about 300 pounds. And. She just ripped him apart, and I'm like, dang, this guy's about to probably going to hit her or something, and this kid just started crying, you know, and I'm like, what what, what kind of power does she have, you know, but the way she was firm, fair, and, and honest with these kids, that's the same, you know, mentality and the skills that I took from her, and I carry that on for 21 plus years now. So you're talking about kids in corrections in the system? Yes, yes. So gangs? People have been in trouble, and you don't wind up. I don't know about your state. In Maryland, for example, you don't wind up in the kids' corrections system for having one bad moment or having a couple bad moments. 
kids get so many bites out of the apple before they're incarcerated, for lack of better words, because it's not quite the same as an adult system. But they have to do some serious crimes, and they are at it quite a bit before they wind up being incarcerated. Right, right, absolutely right. And I mean, you know, these kids, I, I think it's now, this is a different generation that we're in. You know, the social media is uh, part of the problem. Uh, these kids getting bullied at school, and the parents not being home or able to control these kids is is the majority of the problem. You know, you have grandparents um, raising these youth, and they don't know anything about social media to keep track of what these kids are watching and, and this and that. But at the same time, um, you know, I chose this job to to help these kids, you know, let them know that I've been in that situation. I've come from South Central L.A., the, you know, the gangbang capital during the 80s, and I know what these kids are going through, you know, and I try to explain to them, I know what you guys are going through, but it's, it's better ways than hanging out on the street corner or, you know, doing negative activity. There's so many different ways now you can make money, you know, including social media, that you don't need to do that type of activity. Oh, there's so many different ways. Radio, podcast, Clubhouse, what you talked about, all the social media right. platforms. And I remember talking with young drug dealers working as a police officer in Baltimore and having a conversation saying, you know, you spend every day out here, nights, holidays, weekends, all kinds of weather, dodging police, dodging other dealers, trying to avoid people ripping you off, everything else. If you applied that energy to something legitimate, you would be a multi-millionaire before you know it. We are talking with Yuri Williams. He does some very special things, a corrections officer from California. Don't go anywhere. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. We'll be right back. One of the most frequent questions we see is... Where can I find great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Yes, we do. So we decided to start our own podcast network on Law Enforcement Today. That's right. You can find top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and our free app. Go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you'll find the LET Podcast Network. We'll be adding more podcasts from first responders and more. Again, to find the Law Enforcement Today podcast network, go to letradioshow.com and click on the Be Heard in our menu or download our free app today at letradioshow.com. The show was brought to you in part by the Change the Culture podcast, a podcast hosted by a female cop, personal development, Mindset Reset and Perspective Changing Content are all featured in the Change of Culture podcast. Back to our conversation with Yuri Williams, corrections officer calling us from California. By the way, he is also a superhero. I don't mean just because he's a corrections officer. He literally dresses up like superheroes and visits sick kids in a hospital, homeless men and women, military men and women in hospitals, you name it. His website is a futuresuperhero.com. That is a futuresuperhero.com. We went to break, Yuri. We're talking about your career in corrections, and it kind of blows my mind. I can't see them bringing kids to you know prison anymore. I don't see that happening. Uh, no. Yeah. No. I don't think, I think we've gotten beyond that point. But there's a lot of things I did as a kid that you can't do anymore either. And it's a lot of it, I think, is good uh, and really helped shape me as the person I am today. But you decided, uh, following your mom's footsteps, 
working in corrections that that was a career field you wanted to get into as well yes yes i mean i've i love uh it's it's funny you know i had a chance to actually work with her beside her as a uh, student worker and you know that was like one of the, that was like a kobe and Shaq moment you know like i got to see all the stuff that she did i got to interview clients and this and that and that is one of the reasons why you know i, I just wanted to follow her footsteps because she enjoyed what she did and i actually got to see her out on the streets and inside of the jail at the same time you know taking care of her clients and she really loved how I really loved how she stayed on people when we, you know, were out in the streets because these, her clients were in the same community as us. So we'll be driving down the street and she'll pull over, you know, get out and yell at them and tell them you're not supposed to be doing this. But the love that she had for these individuals and for some of this, I'll never forget um, at her funeral, a lady that was locked up in juvenile hall came to the funeral and said, you know, thank you for staying on me. You know, that just brought me to tears knowing that somebody came from 20, 40 plus years out after to the funeral to, you know, recognize you for the service that you do. And that's one of the reasons why I followed our footsteps again. One of the powerful things about that statement, Yuri, is the news media, Hollywood, they'd have you believe that every relationship between a law enforcement officer and anyone that's a criminal or been in trouble is always adversarial. It's always hostile. It's always violent and it's degrading. And the truth right. is, it's nothing like that at all for the vast majority of them. That's true. That's the absolute truth. You know, it's, I would say 80% or 90%, you know, it's positive interaction. You know, they just show the negativity when, and people love negativity. So that's how they, they win majority of the time. And social media negativity and drama seems to dominate. Right. Absolutely right. And not just in social media, in network news as well. One of the things that, and I'm going to just get on my soapbox real quick. Let me pull it up here. One of the things is if someone does something outrageous, very critical, very hostile, they get front page publicity by everybody. They get publicity and promotion via social media. I can't believe what so-and-so did. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. Let's make them famous. And meanwhile, people like you that are doing great things to help our fellow man, not to sound ideological, it's awfully hard to get any publicity at all. I mean, I've reached out to media and, you know, let them know what I'm doing. And, you know, they tell me the majority of the time they can't make it. So I just continue doing what I do, you know, even though they want, they don't want to see you know, the positivity that's going on in the neighborhoods, you know. It doesn't match their agenda. And it just doesn't. And I, I really don't want to talk about them because it's taking away from your story. And your story is a powerful story. You've been working in corrections for 21 years. You followed in your mom's footsteps. And by the way, she reminds me of my mom from what you say. My mother, to this day, would have no problem pulling over side of the street and yelling at people and say, hey, you need to cut that out. And she's like 80, she'll be 85 in a, a couple months. So, and it's just no changer. That's just the way she is. Your mom did this. She was the kind of person who dedicated her life to helping others. She worked corrections and it, her day didn't end when she clocked out because you were in the same neighborhood where a lot of people that you worked with resided. Right. That's, that's exactly true. I mean, you know, we like, like I said earlier, we're driving down the street, and if she saw one of our clients doing something that they had no business, she'll pull over to the side in the middle of a green light and just, you know, let them have it. Oh, I, I would have loved to have met your mom, and I'm, I'm so sorry to hear she passed away. She obviously got sick. What happened? 
Yeah, she had a eight-year battle of cancer. Um, you know, one day she hid it from me for seven years, and one day, you know, she called me at work and just, you know, just told me about it. And I'm just like, man, I I just lost it after that because I didn't know, you know, how much longer she was going to be here. And I mean, she fought until the last, you know, the last day. And you know, on her deathbed, she told me to take care of my daughter, be good, and just help people. You know, and that's the only thing that I know. My father passed away from lung cancer many, many, many years ago. I think it's 24 years ago. And the truth is, I tell people to this day, it doesn't get easier. You just get more used to it. Right, right. I mean, it's, you can't bandage a, you know, a shotgun wound. You can only you know, take it day by day. And you know, that's, that's, that's what I try to do. And I use helping people as a distraction and you know, also a therapeutic for me to you know continue my legacy and keep her name alive there's also some other things and we'll return uh, to, to the conversation about your mom and mom there's also other things you encountered while you were working around that time period between the death of your mom and an incident i believe with a young man it kind of threw you into a really dark dark place yeah um youth committed suicide uh you know while i was on duty and i was the Actually, the first person to go in there, you know, to try to revive this youth and, you know, he didn't survive or whatever. I tried my best, but that really uh, tore me up because, I mean, you know, coming from South Central LA, I've seen uh, a friend of mine got his leg shot off. Uh, you know, we've seen the, the gun violence. We ran. I ran with my mother from a concert when they were shooting before. I've been held at gunpoint before, but to actually see somebody that you're seeing every day on a daily basis and you're trying to encourage this person to do what's right and to go in that room and see that, you know, it kind of ripped me up for a little while. And, you know, there was a movie, I cannot remember the name of it, 1942 or something. And that movie, it was a hotel movie. And uh, that scene, a scene came, came on where the uh, noose came down and, I, I don't know. I just happened to see that kid's face in there during the movie, and then you know I had to leave the theater or whatever. And then I, I went and got therapy. And the funny thing about it is, um, you know, I didn't think I needed it at the time. I know I didn't need it, you know, because my, the way I, I carry myself, um, my mind is straight all the time, you know. And I didn't feel I needed, but you know, the job made sure that I had it. So during these uh, sessions or whatever. Um, there was an activity, I'll never forget this, and I hope I can find this paper where it said uh, something to the effect of what is something you want to do um, before, you know, your life ends? And I said I wanted to uh, visit 50 states and hug 50, one person in each state. And I had the chance to do that two times and hopefully uh, going on three times during uh, this holiday coming up. And that probably was the most uh, rewarding uh, thing that I've ever done in my life was to visit all 50 states and actually hug uh, a person in each state and do something kind for those individuals, you know, and that, I will never forget that, you know, it's like I tell people all the time, our life seems like it's already written. And I go back and look how I started, you know, to do this 50 state tour. And I met my brother Rodney Smith Jr. And I look back and it started from that piece of paper, you know. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Yuri Williams. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. By the way, he's a corrections officer and a superhero. We'll talk more about that when we return. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The homicide hunter, Joe Kenda, like you've never heard before, on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. 
Check out the podcast episode with Joe Kenda, Season 5, Episode 18. Go to letradioshow.com or search for Law Enforcement Today Podcast. Back to our conversation with Yuri Williams calling us from California. He is a corrections officer. He is also a superhero, dresses up in superhero costumes, visits sick kids in a hospital, veterans in a hospital, homeless, you name it, he does it. By the way, his website is a future superhero.com. That's a future superhero.com. For winter break, Yuri, we're talking about look, the stresses of working in corrections. I've never done it. I told you why I couldn't do it. I think it takes special people to do that and you acquire special skill sets. It's a real vocation and it's certainly law enforcement and it's part of the, the, the blue family. People may think otherwise, but it is, in my opinion, always has been. Then you add into this equation, your mom getting sick and battling cancer and passing away. And then you have a young man that you were working with who dies by suicide on your watch. And those those things right there, those three things right there can be enough to be the thing that, that pushes almost anybody over the edge. Is that what happened to you? Yeah. I mean, it, it, all these different things that recur, occurring at the same time, you know, put you over the edge. And I, luckily, you know, during that five-year period of uh, depression with my mother, I was able to find uh, a healthy way to um, keep her name alive and also... Uh, was just therapeutic to me and that's you know helping people and dressing up in costumes or whatnot by the way i should have asked earlier what was your mom's name linda c hubbard linda c hubbard i'm glad you you talked about the things she did i'm glad you talked about her service because she's not here to talk about it and people that do extraordinary things for the communities need to be recognized we we talked about this earlier if you do something outrageous preponderous and or preposterous is the term I'm looking for and you're critical of everybody whatever it might be you'll get all kinds of attention you could rob a bank and get lots of attention you could be a mass murderer and everybody knows your name you do something good and you feed 100 people a day no one knows who you are right that's the, that's the, that's the truth I mean I don't Jay, I don't do it for publicity and all that stuff but at the same time you know I use I need it to uh Help me continue doing my mission because um, 80% to 90% of the funds, you know, are coming from my paycheck when I'm doing this overtime. And, you know, I'm not getting these big grants like, you know, uh, Red Cross and all these other places. But, I mean, I'm actually out there doing the work. If people go to the website and Instagram, you can see for yourself and you'll be amazed how much stuff one individual can do. You mean you're not making a lot of money working corrections? <laughs> no, everybody <laughs> thinks that, but no. Well, and truth be told, I stopped watching a lot of what Hollywood puts out on television and movies about policing and law enforcement because it's so far from the truth. My wife and I are watching this series called Bosch right now on... Oh, I love that. I love it's that. a great show, but I look at his yeah. house and I go, who the heck lives like that or works as a police? <laughs> you know, no one lives like that. And he has, I'll just say this, he has a, a speaker, stereo equipment that's really big for him. He's an audiophile, and he has a receiver. I looked it up. This is how goofy I am, Yuri. We're watching Bosch, and I'm Googling at the same time because they had a close-up of this receiver, and I looked it up, and I said, Stephanie, my wife's name is Stephanie, that receiver cost $7,400. She's like, what is wrong with you? 
I said, because no police ever lives like that. Except right. in Hollywood. Right. right. It's a great show. I love that show. And uh, well, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. It's a great cast. Uh, Jamie Hector does a phenomenal job. Um, yeah. A lot of uh, the actors from The Wire are in that show as well. It's a great show. Yeah. But So you're funding a lot of what you do through your own pocket. And we'll get back to how people can help out because any kind of donation people can make, I'm sure, would go a long way. Right, absolutely. I mean, I tell people even I'll take a penny. You know, every everything adds up. And your website's a futuresuperhero.com. So your mom died. This young man died by suicide. You said earlier you went into a depression. You didn't think you needed help. It lasted five years? Yeah, I mean, that that was uh, probably the worst time of my life because I would be, you know, talking to you like this, and if I heard a song or had a memory of her, you know, I would just be bawling in tears. You know, there were times where I just sat in the bed and just sat there all day and laid there all day, and then, you know, I'd get up and go somewhere and talk to people like, you know, like nothing is wrong, and then I just said to myself one day, you know, I can't, I can't live life like this, and I snapped out of it and, uh, I returned to work um, uh, after uh, my coworkers donated um, leave time for me to rehab myself. And while I'm sitting there in the car, um, I usually call my mom about uh, 5.30 or 5.45 before I go in at 6. And, you know, I'm calling her and the phone's just ringing and ringing and it goes to voicemail. And I'm like, you know, she's not here. So I sat there, I called a job. I told them, give me like an hour to get myself together. Um, I got on Instagram. I never had an Instagram account at the time. And the first person that popped up was Officer Tommy Norman from uh, North Little Rock, Arkansas. And I loved his videos, all of the stuff he was doing in the community. And I'm like, this is some of the similar stuff that I do. So then the second person popped up was a hip-hop trooper who's a uh, cosplayer who dresses up as a red Star Wars uh, stormtrooper. And I loved Star Wars growing up as a kid. So I sat there and I'm like, these guys, you know, are making people smile and this and that. And that's when I came up with the idea to put all three of us together, and I created the nonprofit of Future Superhero and Friends, and I haven't looked back and had depression since. That's phenomenal. There's so much, there's so much therapeutic aid that comes from when we are stuck on our own miserable thinking. Turning our thoughts to how we can benefit someone else around us changes it. And then following up with some action really helps change it. But I want to backtrack because earlier you said in therapy, they said, what was one thing you'd like to do? And you said, I want to visit all 50 states and, and hug one person each state at least once. And then you met somebody. Who was that? Yeah, Rodney Smith Jr. He's a um, he's from Bermuda, but he's uh, stationed in Alabama. And what he does is he mows free lawns for uh, veterans, single mothers, uh, those with disabilities or, you know, those with low income. And, you know, I just happened to be following him on his tour on Instagram. And I'm like, this guy is actually doing something that's similar to me, you know, just doing it for free. And I'm like, you know, it's not that many people out here that are doing stuff for free. I mean, he's doing it every single day for free. You know, this is he's been around the States 10 times. You know, that's dedication at its finest. You know, if you don't want to get paid off of this and you just helping people and helping people. And I finally you know, got a chance to meet up with him. And I, <laughs> I he'll tell you to this day, I kept bugging him and bugging him. Like, man, I want to go on a tour with you. I want to go on a tour with you. And that tour, like, healed me, you know, and that was the best feeling in the world. And I just said, you know, hopefully one day, uh, five more years uh, before I can retire, that I can just do that every day. You know, it's so fulfilling. 
and the joy that we get out of talking to each other and running ideas off each other to help people is just amazing. Please tell him I said thank you as well for what he's doing. And I'd like to make a spot for him on the show as well. Okay. I'm, you know, you, you brought up a great point. If you really want something in life, uh, I'll use radio as an example. If you really want to get into radio now, there's less opportunities there were when I was a teenager. So what you got to do is you got to be a thorn in someone's side. You got to contact them all the time. Hey, I want to come hang out. Anything I can do? Can I get you coffee? Can I make a cake? Can I do this? Whatever it might be. It may seem like you're a real thorn in their side, but that's what it takes. You must have known and been so impressed by what he was doing that this would be in some way your own salvation. Yes, and that's why I stayed on him and, you know, bugged him and, we laugh about it all the time because, you know, I was just so happy to see that somebody is, you know, similar to me. I look in the mirror and I, and I see myself every time he, you know, he makes a positive post about helping somebody. I just like, man, you know, congratulate him and thank him for, you know, at the same time helping me out of my tunnel because that, that was a dark tunnel. And then I got to tell people all the time, you know, depression can be deadly. And if you don't get it under control, you can become, you know, houseless. And a lot of these individuals that I interact with, have uh, depression, have fell into that depression and have become houseless, and people don't understand that. Absolutely. You are 100% correct. We are talking with Yuri Williams. Yuri is a corrections officer in the state of California. He is also a superhero. Check out his website, afuturesuperhero.com. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're going to take a short break. I promise you, we'll be right back. If you're on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app, be sure to look for me and follow me. My name's John, the letter J, Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y. You can also search for at L-E-T Radio Show. That's John J. Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, at L-E-T Radio Show on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app. Back to our conversation with Yuri Williams on the Law Enforcement Today show. Yuri is an interesting cat. He is a corrections officer in the state of California. He also likes to dress up in superhero costumes. You thought it was said something different, didn't you? California. <laughs> I know. I know, but don't go there. I'm not that kind of show. Uh, he is a founder of his futuresuperhero.com. We'll talk about that in a moment. And I met Yuri in the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app a while ago. It was a phenomenal way to meet people from all over the world. If you join that, look for me, uh, John, the minister J, Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, or search for at L-E-T radio show. So in your 21-year career in corrections, we talked about earlier, you've seen a lot of good, a lot of bad, and a lot of the ugly, and a lot of in-between. I imagine it's a lot like a police career. I tell people it's hours and hours of boredom followed by sheer exhilaration and adrenaline, fight or flight, then back to boredom. And it may happen a couple of times a shift. But the exposure to all the trauma and the violence after a while catches up to you. And to this day, Yuri, I still get what I call the sadness. Now, people would never know by looking at me that I really struggled for a long time between 90 and 93. And I was where you were at in a lot of ways, but that trauma over and over and over again, then compounded the death of my father, a few other things, you know, I was not the same guy anymore. Right, right. I mean, how, how did you get through? 
I had to get busy helping other people. Uh, that was the ultimate solution. I had to find a way to get out of myself and my own stinking thinking right. and own misery and find a way to get back. I was no longer police. I couldn't do that anymore. That part of my identity was gone. I had to find something to do to help somebody else. And it, if it was, you know, someone with substance abuse problems, great. If it was a homeless person, great. If it was helping pets at an animal shelter, I needed to do something to help somebody. Right. That's the only way you can, uh, you know, get out of the, the situation. And I tell people that all the time. Don't just, you know, the, when you're in a depression, don't just sit around in that bed because you'll be in there for days. Oh, laying in bed is one of the worst things. You'll be yeah. tired and drowsy and, and don't want to go anywhere. So you go to sleep. And guess what? That compounds the problem. You got to get up. You got to get busy. And as they say, make hay when the sun's shining. And working in law right. enforcement, that ain't easy because you work probably shift work, don't you? Yeah. Shoot, what? three to four 16 hours of a week and add into that all the violence all the trauma and yeah i think a big part of the problem for me yuri was the desperation that people saw and the the degrading lives they lived right right no, i understand that part so how do you go and try to make a positive difference working in corrections you know like i said earlier i use what uh you know the community that i came from and and a lot of these kids are in that that same predicament, you know. And the parents aren't aren't supervising. Like my mom was on me twenty four seven. It was nothing I could do, or you know, without her permission. These kids nowadays are just running rampant, you know, not not going to school or you know doing drugs. And this this like I keep saying, the social media is is ripping these kids apart. You know, like they they think they have to post everything you know everything that they're doing but at the same time all this posting you're doing is just you know putting yourself gonna put yourself behind bars because they're gonna use that against you at a later time you know and i try to tell these kids stop doing all this negativity from from um using that social media and try to find you know careers or something that you like you know you'd be surprised how many kids are incarcerated that can draw I mean, it's it's insane. Like, this kid can draw uh, Disney characters, and I'm like, you could make a career, you know, uh, at Walt Disney. They got guys in here that can, you know, cut hair. I'm like, you guys could go to barber school. You you don't have to go to... I, I, I tell these kids all the time, you don't have to go to college nowadays. There's so many different ways that you can make money with a trade, you know, social media, all, all type of different ways. Like you said, radio, and you, I think you just have to keep sending that message to these kids until they get it and I keep hammering on them on that nail every day and just keep reminding them and when I get those messages or phone calls like or paper sending a mail saying thank you Williams for helping me that's the greatest feeling in the world you know this is no it's just priceless we talked earlier about the suicide of young man on your watch what's the worst part of your career one of the worst experiences you've been through besides that you know, other than that, I, I I can't even think of anything uh, as bad as that. Just uh, you know, these these kids just coming back on drugs and not knowing who you are, and just continuously using these drugs, and then you see them, you know, all the brain cells are starting to disappear from using the drugs. When they first entered, they were you know normal looking kids, and you know this meth is the new thing out here, and it's it's eating these kids alive. And that's that's probably the the second worst part of seeing these kids destroy themselves at an early age i remember when crack cocaine came to baltimore and how mm. we we had huge drug problems before that we had huge drug problems and violence after that and we still have it now i think now 
Baltimore is called the heroin capital of the East Coast of the United States. The things that we were dealing with in the, the 80s and 90s are still going on today. And I don't know what the answers are. I just know, you know, sticking a needle in my arm or smoking crack or smoking meth or, or drinking is not the answer. It's not going to change. It's not going to make anything better. Right. I agree with you on that. And that's what I try to keep reminding these guys every day. And, you know, hopefully when they, they, they might get to the point where they realize that later on in life, but I hope it's earlier than later. And I hope that you have a point where you have more people contacting and say, Yuri, thanks for all you did. Thanks for everything you did because you helped turn my life around. And there are people like that. And quite often, we don't get the the privilege of receiving them and, and meeting them. I've had people I had an arrest that wound up getting sober, getting clean and sober, and approaching me six months later saying, thank you for what you did. You helped save my life. And, and that was a very underreported part of law enforcement you don't hear much about. I want to change gears here. A futuresuperhero.com is your website. And basically what you do, Yuri, is you dress up in superhero costumes. You visit kids in hospitals, uh, houseless people, veterans in hospitals, and you do it all on your own dime. You don't have enough fundraising. Every nonprofit, every charity I've talked to said the, the fundraising is the other F word, and that's not a good thing. I'm sure for you it's a huge problem. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a major problem because um, if I were able to get some of the funding that, you know, some of these big corporations get, I could help so many different people because uh, I don't like some of the uh, the ways that, you know, these people use the funds. And, you know, I'm I'm one that I'm here just to help people. And and that's basically it. You know, if I had if I had more funds, I could help some of these veterans, you know, uh, get off the street or find their housing and. The problem that I see with the uh, the houseless community in California, which is the number one uh, houseless community in the world, is these guys get so many grants and they continue to ask for grants, but they're not doing anything to, you know, alleviate the problem. You know, I want to try something new and, and try my way and see if maybe this is the way that I can help them off the streets. You know, I've been to these meetings, you know, and I talk to these people and they seem not to ignore, you know, they don't want to listen to me and ignore what I'm trying to help them do and um, you know i'm not charging anything i just want to be the help so you know the fundraising portion i would just want to use the funds to try it my way and you know help these kids uh anyway or the houses or the veterans or any way that i can you know wouldn't it be a dramatically different proposition if we just did things differently and i'll just use where i came from as example baltimore spent millions if not billions of dollars reinvested so-called reinvesting into underserved communities and nothing's changed uh, right. the population leaves the crime rate is horrible the education's horrible there are vacant homes everywhere there's drug use rampant there's violence rampant and nothing changes except certain people get wealthier right that's the truth i mean and then and then you know you you look to these politicians for answers and you know, we got to talk about that next meeting or next time. You know, like, when am I going to get the answer, you know? Well, just, that's like asking the problem to solve the problem. Uh, but I'm not right, going to get on right. that rant. You also have a podcast. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, me and Rodney uh, decided to come up with a podcast where we interview people uh, around the world, you know, doing good things. I just got tired of hearing, uh, you know, people arguing all the time and stuff on podcasts. So I'm like, well, let's let's see if we can get some people that are doing good around the world and see if we can get uh, people on the show and see if people tune in and listen. And what is the name of your podcast? 
Thank good it's Friday. Thank good it is Friday. And on that note, we're going to wrap things up. Yuri, I want to thank you so much for being guest on the show. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for your service. And thanks for all the superhero stuff as well, because I'll be honest with you. Deep down inside, I'm a Superman freak. <laughs> oh, Jay, and thank you. I appreciate you for your service, sir, and having me on today. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.